Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Wednesday, October 21st. S&P futures are trading off six points. That is about 20 basis points. NASDAQ futures are down about 30 points. That is about 30 basis points. The major European indices are getting hit relatively hard. They're off about 1.2% each. Asia was a bit more mixed. Uh, You had some strength in Japan and Hong Kong and then some softness elsewhere. So macro news very slow again overnight. So you had a lot of stimulus headlines in the last 12 hours. Um, You know, this is really kind of venturing into, uh, you know, absurdity territory. So you have progress occurring between Pelosi and Mnuchin, the House and the White House, as negotiations continue. They made further progress yesterday. Talks are going to continue for the rest of this week. Pelosi's unofficial deadline of Tuesday night has been kind of shifted back unofficially to the end of this week. We'll have to see how all that unfolds. Again, the biggest obstacle remains not the White House and the House, but the House and the Senate, where you have Senate Republicans that do not view a large stimulus bill coming to the floor before the election as beneficial to their prospects of retaining the majority in the Senate. And that is McConnell's key priority at the moment. Perhaps if Trump were doing better in the polls, perhaps if Trump, if a second Trump term um, had higher odds and it looks like at the moment, Trump could force something to the floor and and, and force a vote. Um, but I don't see how you're going to see a reconciliation between Pelosi and McConnell before the election. All that being said, I do think you will see further stimulus. It's a question of timing, not it's a question of when, not if. Um, but you have to get the election out of the way um, before I think you see some type of a passable um, consensus reach between all the major parties. Um, and I actually put in a scenario analysis today in the piece, just looking at all the various permutations in terms of White House Senate outcome. Um, obviously, it assumes the House will not turn. I think that's uh, largely the consensus. Um you know, so again, is it Biden Schumer? Is it Biden McConnell? Is it Trump McConnell? Is it Trump Schumer? And then all the various different spending numbers that could occur from that. Um, you know, given that Biden still has a very healthy commanding lead in the polls, um, I think it is safe to assume at this point in time that he will win. Um, and the question then comes down to the Senate, where it's it's a lot less clear in terms of the outcome. So the Senate outcome to me remains again the biggest macro issue for the entire market is that will determine the types of fiscal numbers. Um, into the rest of this year and then it's 2021. Is it going to be a trillion of, of incremental spending or, or something you know north of five trillion, depending on how you add up all the various initiatives between Pelosi and Biden? Um, so that's really it in terms of macro news. Again, I think you have a lot of hopeful headlines on stimulus. I don't think you know investors should really fall for them. I think it's a lot of noise. You will get more stimulus. It's just a question of getting the election out of the way first. Um, other than stimulus, there's really nothing else as far as all the major macro topics. COVID is the same as before. You still have a lot of uh, you. Uh, you have a very rapid increase in cases in the year in Europe and the U.S. Um, you are seeing, obviously, a huge improvement in mortality figures from where we were back in March and April. You are seeing politicians avoid wholesale lockdowns, um, but you are seeing politicians are certainly enacting mitigation steps. And I would say the Ireland um, actions unveiled Tuesday morning were quite stringent 
um, not necessarily a wholesale lockdown, but uh, very strict. So you are seeing governments um, start to take more action than before. And obviously that creates headwinds for growth going forward. Um, nothing new on, on polls in terms of uh, either the White House or the Senate. Biden's lead has come in a little bit over the last couple of days nationally and within the battlegrounds, um, about about eight to nine points nationally, and then four points approximately within the battlegrounds. Um, you know, Florida and Ohio, both crucial, critical states, both usually very accurate as far as picking the president, are very close. Um, but you do see Biden doing very well in um, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, which are key states uh, if Trump is going to secure a second term. Um, no major economic data, no major central bank numbers out this morning. You do have a lot of micro news to go through. So a ton of earnings I went through. Um, I have all the write-ups in the piece this morning. Netflix is probably the main one in focus. Um, you know, net ads did fall short of expectations. You know, they kind of fell victim to their own success. They had huge numbers in Q1, especially in Q2. All along, management has been warning that they are pulling forward demand from the second half of this year. And it looks like that came to pass. Um, you know, they didn't fall that far short of their own guidance. The street was obviously well above their own guidance. So certainly not positive. Obviously, Netflix has been a huge performer, very expensive, very crowded, um, a lot of froth in the name. But as far as just pure fundamentals are concerned, I don't think the report was um, represented a sea change in terms of the, the story. I think overall it remains very much on track, uh, very healthy prospects. Um, you had a lot of earnings reports that are fundamentally good, solid on paper, management tone, decent, um, but not enough to kind of spur incremental upside in the stock. Nestle this morning is one example. Um, Axo Nobel as well, the European paint company. Um, I would also throw Texas Instruments into that category, even though you did have big upside versus street print expectations. Um, you also had a very solid guy for the December quarter. Uh, uh, management talked about how their auto automobile business surged 75% sequentially. It's now pretty much back to flat year on year. Um, all that being said, I think expectations were very elevated for Texas Instruments as well as its peers. You've had a lot of positive data points come out from STM and XPI as well as the auto industry. So I would not be shocked if you saw Texan trade um, you know, relatively tepidly today. And again, I think that's just more of a function of expectations versus fundamentals. You had two deals within energy. So you continue to see a lot of M&A in the energy space. Um, one of the more interesting statistics just related to Google. So obviously the DOJ lawsuit came out with Google yesterday. Investors could have cared less. Google traded very well. This was widely, widely expected. The case is not thought to be particularly strong. Also, it's still in the very early innings. It's going to play out over the over several years. Um, you do have a separate lawsuit that will be filed soon by a group of state AGs that will be broader than the one the DOJ, the DOJ brought yesterday. Um, so ironically, I don't think the main takeaway is related to Google. I think it actually is more for Apple. The Google-Apple relationship forms the heart of the DOJ claim. Um, and I thought it was very interesting. You saw there's a lot of writing overnight just in terms of the nature of that relationship and some of the intricacies of it and the financials of it. Um, and the journal claims that the Google search relationship drives about 15 to 20% of all of Apple annual profits, um, which to me was probably one of the more interesting numbers um, you know, that I saw this morning. I know that people have estimated just how big that relationship is and, and everyone assumed it was quite large for Apple. But um, to say that it accounts for 20% of Apple's total profits is certainly um, you know, a very large number. Uh, so that is everything for this morning. Looking out for the Wednesday session, the focus will be on earnings. You don't have a lot of scheduled news other than earnings. 
Um, so some of the major ones, you have Verizon before the open. After the close, you have Chipotle, you have Las Vegas Sands, Tesla, Xilinx, um, and a bunch of others. So that is everything for today. Thank you for listening.